Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It is One Man's Opinion. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, uh, commenting, liking, favoriting, all the things you can do with podcasts. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for continuing on this journey with us. 141st episode here, season number three. It's getting down, folks. We'll take a mini break after February, after the Super Bowl for a week or two, and then we'll be right back at it as always. If you're just stumbling upon us, thank you. Well, welcome in. This is an uncensored podcast. It is an unedited podcast, even though my producer, Sean Engel, may say differently, which he's right. He he makes me sound better, but nobody filters out any comments or language. Thus, put your noise-canceling headphones or earbuds in. Do not play this show around sensitive ears because it's going to get dirty and it's going to be adult, and that's what we do. My name is Chef Mans. You hear we, me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host a little program called Elite Sports on that network. Been doing so for 13 years now, everybody. So a long time, also part owner and the chief content officer at FantasyGuru.com. We do seasonal fantasy sports. We do daily fantasy sports. We do data. We do live streams and podcasts and betting and every single form of sports entertainment you could think of. We do it always at fantasyguru.com. A special promo right now, actually. Get in. Rest of season football. If you're not a subscriber, if you're not a member of fantasyguru.com, it's a great time to get over. Just come say hi. Hang out with me in the man's cave. It's going to be a blast this postseason in the NFL. Um, But if you're in the NBA, NHL, only a couple games left of the World Cup at this point, but it, PGA will start up before we know it. The uh, NASCAR season, Daytona will be here before we know it. All of the great sports that we cover, and if you are a football person, we do esports, MMA as well, I should mention them, but football goes year-round, so you know. Like we have a long ways. I know that the playoffs for our seasonal leagues are here. I'm going to talk a lot about that on today's episode. But we do college football. We have all the bowl games, DFS, all the bowl games, betting, all the NFL weeks 15 through 18 regular season, betting, DFS, showdowns. It's four days a week, DFS, by the way. Lots of money to be won. We do playoff seasonal leagues, playoff contests, underdog fantasy contests. We do the the super draft postseason contests, DFS, FanDuel, DraftKings. We have our own games that we play for the postseason, the one-and-done competitions. We tell you how to organize and start your own playoff fantasy football leagues. Then we do play every week through the postseason of the NFL. And then we do big Super Bowl, everything, betting and DFS and everything there. Then after that, we're immediately at the Combine. Then we are in the NFL free agency. Then NFL draft season. Before that, there's USFL starting back up. After that, there's XFL starting back up. And, I mean, by the time you know it, it's baseball season. Our fantasy baseball draft guide. I mean, it just never stops. NCAA tournament guide and bets and picks. Ah, 
a lot that we do. FantasyGuru.com. We got the special Christmas manscation. They have me playing Chevy Chase role here. But the great thing is the, the promo code HO HO is the promo code. I didn't come up with that. That's Rob Brink's uh, genius idea. But it does get you 20% off the already discounted rate. It's basically nothing. It's a $500 product that you get for the price, I believe, of $75, I believe. Um, I mean, you really can't beat anything of that. And then I'll obviously full Discord membership and privileges as well. And if you use that promo code HOHO, H-O-H-O, you get uh, 20% off of anything that's already discounted for the end of the year special. Also, we have gift cards. So very important. It's the holiday season. I'm wearing my Santa cap as we speak over my headphones, but it's, uh, we have gift cards. It's the perfect thing. Your father-in-law, your brother-in-law, you have a, a, a white elephant gift giving thing. Any that some of the people are into fantasy or betting or DFS or what have you, it's the perfect gift. And you don't even have to hit the malls. You don't even have to wait for shipping. You fucking print it out right here. Just click print done fucking done and then they got the the membership and uh, if they like the seasonal daily whatever gaming betting they will love what we do at fantasyguru.com so there you go um follow me on social media at jeff underscore mans on twitter everywhere else it's the jeff mans all one word the jeff mans facebook instagram snapchat and on tiktok got a lot to cover i'm gonna get into the playoffs i'm gonna get into Week 14 takeaways, week 15 preview. I also want to talk while we still have everybody's attention uh, about new rules of fantasy football, things we should be looking for, because what we've learned during this regular season, I'll dive in. I did some Ask Man's Anything over in the Man's Cave Discord room exclusively at fantasyguru.com. So uh, we'll be talking about that on the show. I got, I have my week 15 Single game parlay for Thursday night's game for those of you San Francisco, Seattle folks. Also, we'll be giving out the survivor bet, the bet of the week, the upset of the week, all on this episode. So thanks for downloading and tuning in and spread the word when you can, everybody. So where do we start? I want to start out with the we always review the, the previous week, week 14. Essentially, week 14 is a synopsis of the whole season. Right. If you won, you're in. If you needed to win, you're in. If not, you're out. You're pissed. You're angry. Don't give up, though. Um, if you're not in the playoffs, you're in your consolation bracket. Play it to the bone. Play it to the end. Win those motherfuckers. Win, win that consolation bracket. Oh, or if you want to give up, then play DFS. I, I stressed this on the XM show the other day, and I mean it. Don't let these skills go to waste. Everything you've learned. See, I have a strong belief. My One of my many sayings is that winners win. And I know it's a catchy thing. and We named the live stream after it, but I really do mean it. If I'm 45 years old. I've seen it throughout my entire life. How do some people, some guys have all the luck. No, they don't. They just keep working or they learn something from all their mistakes and all their missteps. That's not what people want to do these days. People want to just give up and be like, done, go watch Netflix, go watch TV, go empty my brain and not have to do anything. That's the goal of so many people. 
you lost. Why did you lose? What went wrong? And you know it. You, you, whether you admit it or not, it doesn't matter. That's the thing. I don't care how many fucking things you post on Twitter. You know you lost. Why? Be honest with yourself. What happened? Answer that question and then say, what could you or should you have done better? Well, what if I told you? What if I told you? You could and still make it count. That's what DFS is. That's what betting is. There's plenty of opportunity to make it the greatest season of your life. Don't take the losses and throw it up in the air and say, oh, I'll come back next year. Because you're not going to win. By the time we get to next season, there's the, the winners, the people already won, likely it's the same names and faces you're accustomed to seeing, or at least within that pool, the regular winners. Maybe there's one or two that aren't regulars, but they are going to keep playing. And whether they win a championship or not, chances are, what if one of them or two of them, or if you're in bigger leagues or whatever, more people are going to play these weeks. And we're all going to keep learning, keep developing, keep our tools. Think about it in weightlifting. I'm going to do sets of 10. Cool. Do 10. What about the guy who does 12? All right. He just, he's going to do everything you do. Two extra reps. Ah, big deal. Two reps. What does it matter? Then you, you work out together every single day, every single day, every day. He's going to run one extra lap, one half of an extra lap. He's going to do that little bit extra. He's going to get to that destination, that ideal weight, that muscle mass, that bicep, that forearm, the deltoid you want to round off, whatever it is, that stamina, the 5K, the 10K, the marathon, whatever you're training for, whatever you're doing, that person that ran those extra couple laps is going to get there a lot a lot further ahead of you. Not that you didn't do it. Not that you didn't do good work and you won't get to the destination. But those people are going to learn stuff that you won't figure out. They will have learned and implemented strategies and ideologies this year over the next six to eight weeks that you're going to try to do next September. They're going to be over it. They're going to know what to do, what not to do. They'll have, they'll be that much further ahead of you, right? My daughter's graduating college this year. One's graduated high school, the other in college. But all of her peers are like two years younger than her. Her graduating class, two years younger. She's still 20. How the fuck did she get through four years of college in two years? Well, she never stopped took classes in the summer, right off the bat, right after high school. She didn't stop. She went right into college. She's like, it's the pandemic. What do I give a shit? I'm not doing anything. I'm not going out fucking grind some classes, get this done. And she's ahead of everybody. Rest of her people still got two years left of school. Some of them probably three or four years left of school. She'll be out of law school by the time they get their bachelor's degree. She didn't do anything profound. Oh my God. No, just kept going. Just kept Marching on, moving on. It's all it takes, right? It just doesn't, it's not that dramatic. So keep it going. Um, I always preach transparency here on this show. I've talked about it on the XM show as well. This is one of the years that I'm actually quite excited to be transparent and talk about it. Well, I'm always transparent, even though 
you know, motherfuckers on Twitter, like I, I hope everybody who listens to this show understands the odd predicament that I'm in. Number one, I want to say a couple things. I want to apologize to those who listen to the XM show, even this podcast, even in Discord. I want to apologize to all, a lot of people because I do feel that I haven't quite been myself for the last month or two. I've let a lot of things get to me that I wish I wouldn't have or I don't. It's very difficult. I, I have a million excuses lined up. I'm try, I'll am i try not to make most of them. The thing is, I do care about this job. I care about the people that I help. I, the other thing is I don't need it, though. That's that's the weird predicament I'm in. I don't need it anymore. I talked about that before. Don't need it, but still want to do it. Still enjoy parts of it. I don't enjoy the Twitter thing. I don't think there is. Uh, I don't know what has happened if it's just my career arc or what. But I, I have two things going for me. I, I've had long-time people. I've had to block on Twitter recently. A long-time members and listeners and everything else that I just, I'm not going to help them anymore. I'm not, I don't need to hear anything that goes wrong. Number one, that, that's where you guys are all f- fucked up. Or a lot of you. You guys are fucked up. When you want to compliment somebody you don't start out like if you were to compliment your wife or something and you said she looks real hot tonight a real real good good in that dress it's like man would you start out the the compliment by saying remember that dress you had that looked real fat you look real fat in it but now this one looks really good you in your mind you think you're complimenting it's a horrible thing you said you know so i get a lot of that weird shit and i don't know i'm not i don't ever remember that before people love to say the negative and then oh but i'm complimenting you no you're not once you've decided to say something negative it's it the whole thing is negative whether you think it is or not that's how the other person is going to take it in this case me so um shouldn't bother me but does bother me when you hear nothing but negatives in your line of work like it gets to you. I, I won. I'm at seventy percent winning percentage, down from eighty. I was at eighty. Uh, my single game parlays hit a bit of a skid, which duh. If you think I was going to win eighty percent of single game parlays for the rest of my life, you're out of your fucking minds. But that's you know the way it goes. You run hot, go call things go up and down, but you got to keep going. That's my philosophy and everything. But I lost a couple, lost one. I mean, just a brutal loss on fucking Arizona, New England. Like brutal. All the injuries, everything else. And and I got to hear, oh, I'm 0 4 on your single game parlors. They stink. But I won the previous day. So that person isn't being honest. In his world, he plays some, he doesn't play others, and he personally is having a bad time. But from one, why does why do I have to hear that? What interest did I have in hearing that? I care about your wins and losses. No question about it. But if you're 0-4, or does, you know, people claim, oh, I've never won one time with any of your advice, which obviously is impossible. But what you know, I'll take you at your word, but you're obviously not doing it the same way, or you're not listening to all of it. You're taking your own individual pieces and putting it in. In which case, you're the one that's losing, and it's your fault. It's not. I have nothing to do with these situations. Nothing. 
If you're just going to weave and jab and take some here, take some there and make your own thing of it, that is your process, your way of doing things. And it doesn't reflect on me, no matter how much you want to pass that blame on to me. But I've had to do that, and I haven't been happy. I haven't been happy with the way the XM show has gone. Um, I have bitched a lot on air about different things and spent time complaining when I can be doing better analysis. Same with this podcast. Same with this segment of this podcast today, right now, probably. But it has, some of the shit has to be said because – What's going to happen is there will be a point where I say, fuck it, and I'm not going to do it, right? I'm not going to do the cash game breakdown like I threatened to do earlier. I'm not going to do the the bets and show you how to do that. I'm not going to tell you to draft elite quarterbacks and punt on the early round running backs and draft Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Pierce. I'm not going to tell you. I won't be that guy to do it anymore. And as much as I think three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, there used to be a plenty of other guys who would do my job easy. But I know something. I know something you don't know. Eight mile. There aren't. There aren't. People are out of the industry. The money dried up. All the free venture capitalist money. It's all gone. All the I get paid to do a blog and a podcast. I make no money for this podcast. How many of you know that? Zero dollars. Absolutely zero. So it's my time for nothing. I could, I, I have offers on the table to do videos and shows for other networks and sports books and things like that. I could be, I'd probably make, I right the time I'm spending to record this right now, it's in thousand dollars, probably up to $2,500 that I would get for the same exact thing from a, a different company or entity. I'm choosing to do something where I get nothing. No, because I think it's a good extension of the radio show and the analysis and everything else. So there aren't that many jobs. You're going to drive people like me away who generally want to help people. You're going to drive people like Adam Schefter away because he got one wrong. You're going to drive away people who you rely on for their information and have the best of intentions at heart away from doing it at a certain point by being an asshole. Every single one of you listening know better. We all know when we're being an asshole and not being an asshole. We know how to say, hey, good job. Or, you know, the other thing is just shut the fuck up. I have so much to say. I had a, we had a thing, a former employee here at Elite go after Ted Schuster during the week. I don't know. I think Ted started it, but I don't know. Ted got into it. He calls us grifters and scam artists. And I, I saw it. I'm like, I mean, am I going to spend hours dealing with this and going through a stupid Twitter war? He's a piece of shit. I mean, he is a literal piece of shit. A know-nothing hack that plays ex- excruciatingly high numbers of DFS who lives with his mommy and daddy at 30 years old. I mean, what am I dealing with that? Fuck. I'm not going to, I'm not going into it. I'm going to take a high road on it. So I take the high road a lot and I need to do it more often. I get way too pissed off at everything, but we all need to have a better agreement with it anyway. Um, So I, I do apologize for taking up, the time, but here's the deal. Uh, one last thing. This I, I want to get this point across. The reason I have to do it is not that I want to do it. 
I don't want to entertain it. Don't let it get to you, man. Just ignore it. I understand that for 99% of you, that is, you're able to do that because social media, Twitter, whatever, Discord even, is not what you have to do. You have your family, your responsibilities. You have your job, your work. You have, this is something you do for fun. I understand that relationship that I'm supposed to make this fun for you and I'm supposed to help you win. I know why people are seeking out my advice and information here, right? I get that responsibility, but that responsibility also, you can't just ignore it. If I just stop tweeting or stop Twitter or don't let anything ignore me, what happens is think of all the, and again, I don't want this to be a a political thing because it's not meant to be political. Okay. I have very strong opinions on both sides of the aisle. I really do. So chances are, I agree with most of you. I think we all do personally, but some of us just want to be on teams. But one of the things I can't go was like the election denier shit like that. I can't do. Um, Do I think there's fucking dummies running that thing? And there's problems with that thing. Absolutely. Okay. But no, Uh, number one, nobody's going to run for office if they think the fucking system's rigged against them. It's the dumbest even principle that any of us think. It's just so nobody would do that. Nobody would reasonably do that. So, but what happens is we let people, we let narratives build in underground forums on social media Discord channels, fucking all dark web, wherever. They they form these things. And then it becomes people really believe it. And it's not the people's fault. It's the movements. It's the two and on movement. People really believed he was a better quarterback than Herbert until they saw it. Then now everybody's gone away. What what I'm t- saying is the, the lie, the fakeness, the bullshit becomes the reality for a large group of people. And if you don't fight back for on your own behalf to a certain degree, that's just what it's going to be. There are a lot of people in my industry that believe I'm a fraud, that I don't play DFS, that I, I mean, there's so many little things that I've heard and it's gotten back to me. I'm like, what the fuck? But it's because they do this and they're, it's other companies that are either jealous or just want to compete. And they go in their their Discord and they blast me and they, they have to say the negatives because they're competing and so on and so forth. But then it becomes like a, a thing where they be, actual humans believe it. And it's like, you've not no fucking chance. Do you think a billion dollar company like SiriusXM wouldn't vet their people? Do you wonder why I'm on for 13 years and other people who have tried to suck dick to get on our radio station can't get a a second interview or second shot? Do you wonder, you think that, oh, you think if they were so honest and earnest and I was such a lying, cheating, fuckhead fraud that I'd be the one with all the opportunities and they wouldn't? No, of course not. Come on, use your brains. We all know that. It's the same way that, and again, I don't want to harp on the election thing, but, you know, I mean, you don't need the election fraud stuff. Republicans, my my brothers and sisters, we don't need this. This is above us. It is far, far or beneath us. I'm sorry. We don't need that shit. We could say the truth. We won. We lost. We didn't win. Right. Same with the fucking lefties and everybody else. Same, same thing. 
we all could agree that by the set of rules in place, can the rules be better? Absolutely. Should they be better? Absolutely. Is the system fucked? Yes. Yes. All of it, yes. But it still doesn't matter. This person won. This person lost. And I, again, this go, will go into sports. It's why I love sports. I love sports because anybody can win. As long as they do a better job, they can win. Same with an election. They could still win. You can win by doing a better job, by being a better candidate person, whatever. Does that always happen? No. Does the better team always win? No. No. But at the end of it, we agree this is what it is, and this is what it is, and we move on. So that's why I have to fight every fucking minute about it. Because otherwise, the bullshit prevails. Otherwise, the lies, the deception, the the stories, the narratives, they prevail. And it's a terrible place to be in. And imagine it in your line of work. And imagine if social media was never fun for you, not for one second, that you couldn't post something that you wanted to post. I don't like the way Patrick Mahomes threw that pass. Imagine if you were to do that and you'd have a thousand responses on how dumb you are and you're a fucking idiot and your family sucks and everything because you posted an opinion on Twitter or social media. That's what it is for me. And that's why I get so pissed off. All right. Um, playoffs, my record shit. I have, um, this is my best season I've ever had in my life at seasonal fantasy football. I played in 20 leagues. I officially have a winning record in every single solitary league. Yes. Well, one league was an elim- eliminator league. I got eliminated in week five. Okay, so week five, I got eliminated. So that not a winning record. It's just you're out and there's no chance. Team is still pretty fucking good. Amon Ross St. Brown, some guys, you just have a bad week. So that was that, but that was the 21st league. 20 leagues, zero losing records. Worst record, seven and seven. One team. My record's 13 and one. I'm just good. Uh, I can't. I didn't put this in order. I just have a running spreadsheet that I'm reading up. 13 and one, 11 and three, 10 and four, 10 and four, 12 and two, nine and five, 16 and eight, 16 and 12. Those are multiple matchups per period leagues. Scott Fishbowl and my di- uh, football diehards dynasty league. Seven and six, nine and five, eight and six, nine and five, technically eight and five. But then I won the playoff game in week 14 because we started playoffs early in that one. Eight and six, nine and five, seven and six, seven and seven, nine and five, eight and six, and seven and six uh, were the records. Also, three leagues where it was best ball format. I finished in second, fifth, and sixth in total points. Or that's where I stand now. Some of them actually do go to the end. 65.4% winning percentage in that. So 161 and 85, pretty fucking good. All right. And I've already advanced in some playoff leagues, Uh, FFPC high stakes. I got eliminated in both in the playoffs and both uh, of those leagues. I've talked about that in the past. That was unbelievable. 12 and two team uh, and 11 and three team gone, fucking gone. So that, blue but what can you do the good teams just ran into buzz saws that will happen hopefully it can close some championships out uh real quick i wanted to get into why it was a good season what went right and wrong real quick the elite quarterback strategy that we were 
pretty much the only place on earth to implement this. That was the best strategy of anybody anywhere this season. Look at all your playoff teams. Look at your non-playoff teams. Look at the teams in your leagues that won a lot and look at who their quarterbacks were. Those quarterbacks were Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Fields because he came out of nowhere. Occasionally, some Burrow teams were there. Maybe a Lamar Jackson team squeaked in, right? Some Geno, some, um, you know, if somebody waited. If you waited on quarterback, you either needed Justin Fields, Geno Smith, or very, very possibly a Tua. Tua was good for a while, but you had to do without for a couple of weeks. So, or, or Tua, and then possibly Trevor Lawrence. Possibly that worked for you. So, but that's it. Every other strategy with quarterbacks sucked. And that quarterbacks are the most important position of 2022 by far. So that's the strategy that worked out the best. I'm so impossibly proud of I got things wrong, like Najee Harris going early, had him third overall. But again, I had Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, all right there in the top five. I had Austin Eckler right there at pick number six as well. I faded Cook. I faded Henry. Henry didn't work out. Cook is still technically going into this week a top 12 guy, but I mean he's averaging 14 points a week, guys. It's really not that good. But, you know, but Jamal Williams, Damian Pierce, um, Kenneth Walker, uh, James Conner, David Montgomery, and um, I'm missing one. Oh, Ramondre Stevenson, duh. All super high on my board, higher than they were in the consensus. And my God, those late round running backs have carried me and carried some of you that listen into the limelight, into the spotlight as well. I'm very proud of that also. Um, new rules for fantasy football next year. A couple of things we have to look into. I'll be quick with this because I do want to get into um, some other things. Team quarterback, the wave of the future. You're not going to do it, but you have to go team quarterback. There's too much with the concussion protocol and shutting guys down. We learned that with Tua Tongo Vailoa. We learned that with him and through a lot of this. You just have to. It sucks, but Lamar Jackson, you need team quarterback. Also, super flex we need to pull back on. I was against super flex for years. I jumped in two years ago, said, fuck it. Let's just, let's play it. I really went hardcore into super flex this year. I even changed my home league while well, we voted on it. My home league rules. And everything to adopt super flex because it was fun because all the quarterbacks and it, it went completely against us. One quarterback, make it a team quarterback thing. I, I know. Don't be that asshole that doesn't want to change ever either. Right. Don't be that person. If you don't like it, fine. Don't like it. But don't don't be like, the rule is the same forever. And also, don't be that asshole that always wins. And you want everything to stay the same because you know you dominate. Don't be afraid of winning a new way, right? Chances are, if you've won regularly in your leagues, 
even though you think, well, you know, all of us think we're, I, I dealt with this. I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with um, low self-esteem for a long time. Yeah, me. Can you believe that? I really did and have. And But I don't really have high self-esteem. I really, truly don't. I just know what I'm good at. I know the few things, and it's been a life-changing thing for me. And you guys are good, too. You, As much as you brag and boast to people, deep inside, most of you, most of us, we have a lot of feelings of inadequacy in that, you know, if, you know, some, everyone else always appears better, but we have to, it's kind of my uncle Ed lesson from a couple of weeks ago, Thanksgiving that they're just as scared as you are They're They, we all feel as inadequate as the rest of us. Sometimes we're, we're all born with skills and ability. Some of us can sing. Some of us are really good looking. Some of us can dance, have rhythm. Some of us can play, pick up instruments and do things. Some of us are very analytical, smart that way. Some of us are very strong and physical. You know, great metabolism, great skin, great teeth. You know, uh, very smart, catch on easily. Very personable, can light up a room with conversation. Uh, you know, whatever. Some of us can have great balance so we could spin plates on our head or whatever. What, there, I've three, three children brought into this world, each one different and unique, and they have different skills. You all, we all are all like that too. The key is don't pretend you're great at everything. Don't pretend you're great at everything. Know what you're good at. And then those things that you are great at or really good at, embrace them and give yourself credit for them. Be confident in those abilities. You know, hard work, work ethic, great skill. Something about every single one of you that's just amazing that you do better than just about anybody in the world, right? It could be a subtle thing. It could be anything. I could whistle through my nose. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, that's, that's a skill. It's something there. It's special to you. It's unique to you. We all wish we were Jimmy Garoppolo and had a chiseled face of a Greek god. Of course. But we don't. So embrace it. So don't be afraid of changing because if the game's going to change and you will have to adapt no matter what, one way or another, otherwise the league will just end up in the game. Fantasy football will go the way of fantasy baseball where it's just completely gone off the register, unfortunately. But don't be afraid to adapt and change. You'll be fine. You'll still win. You'll still enjoy it. Everything's going to be fine. Just keep growing, keep evolving. Head-to-head um, systems, fine. Have total points, though, as the tiebreakers. Have it total points as playoff spots. Make records count, though. Some guys, some leagues are like, well, it doesn't matter. Total, total The records first, but more points. Like, I'm sorry. But if you have the most points in your league, you should make the playoffs. If you have the if you're fucking ten and two, or eleven and buck and one, or eleven and three, and you should make the playoffs too, even if you're in the shitter with ten with points, right? Simple. If you have six playoff spots, three best records, three highest points, three next highest point total, automatic bids, right? That's how it should be. 
No kickers, no defense and special teams. Stop. Defense special teams have to go. You've done a great job with kickers. Get defense and special teams to hook out of our business. No business doing DST. It's terrible. Here's what you do. You want the best format? Flex. Everything needs to be flex spot. One quarterback team. Team quarterback. Next, fucking um, one running back. One to two wide receivers. I could see doing two wide receivers. Everything else is flex, man. You notice no tight end either. Fuck tight end. Fuck him. Fuck him in the asshole. Tight end sucks. It's Travis Kelsey. And the thing is, next year, I've already know. I've I've I have Biff's Almanac, the, the Gray Sports Almanac from Back to the Future. That's already outdated, by the way. So if you got that reference, you're like, yeah, man, you're two years too late. Yeah, you're right. Travis Kelsey will be a first round pick next year, and then he's gonna get hurt in like week three. So it's it's I I am so fucking certain of it. It's pathetic. So he's gonna have double the amount of points of any other person in his position by the time the season is over. So that's just the they're garbage players. I think. Guys, I have good teams with flex spots. I have I had Ertz, I had Goddard. Now, I don't need to start a tight end, but I had them anyway because they're very valuable chips. They produce. George Kittle will produce. Dalton Schultz is a producer, right? Those, those Fryermuth, Ingram, Hawkinson, they're fine. They're, they're all have they all still have roles. Do you know what having no tight end does? It gets rid of fucking Hunter, Hunter Henry. When do we have uh, Tanya, Hunter Henry, Dawson Knox? Fuck. Those guys stink. They stink. We should not even be considering them. Think of all the ways you could win and build your team and draft your team and start your lineup if you have one quarterback, one running back. Let's say two wide receivers. Fuck it. And then boom. We're we're doing four motherfucking flexes. Boom, 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 boom. Right? That's eight starting spots right there. Boom. Deep rosters, eight starting spots. Make those the make the start sits. Make it easier for these crazy buy Mageddon weeks and all the injury things, right? Which we should do, but also make it unique and that and put strategy behind it we're building the best roster out of all the player that and guess what you want to use a defense and special teams as your flex have at it hoss you want to use fucking justin tucker as a flex you got it baby use whatever the fuck you want you want to put fucking hayden hurst in there you got it you got it you want to put Jarek mckinnon in there you got it you can do whatever you want Fucking make five flexes then. Fucking make six fucking flexes. Whatever. Whatever. Make six flexes, ten spots if, if you like. And then start all the defenses you want. Start all the kickers you want. Do whatever you build your team. If you want to have six kickers, fucking do it. Oh, No, you're not going to win with six kickers. I think I've never seen people try that. I've seen it. Scott Fishbowl this year, they tried that. Garbage. IDP as well. 
individual defensive players the future. You got to start playing it. Phil Backer does an amazing job for us at fantasyguru.com. So many people catching on to it, too. It's been great to watch this year. So I'm proud of that. And we'll talk more in the offseason about those new rules as well. Um, I did want to go through uh, – man, I'm blazing through. I asked – for any topics you guys wanted me to discuss on this podcast this week, I asked in and fantasyguru.com in the man's cave. It's a discord room, um, whatever you guys want. So uh, let's get into those questions. I got my single game parlay and survivor bets and things like that. Uh, let's say captain cases, start your studs philosophy, quarterback conundrum. He has Tua. everything about the matchup. Oh, that's a, this week question. Um, Brock Purdy, Tyler Huntley, Jared Goff instead. The, it comes down to the weather this week in Buffalo. Um, I don't want to start Purdy. I don't want to start road Jared Goff against the tough Jets defense. Tyler Huntley, if he clears, I think that's the way to go. Right? Assuming if the weather's bad in Buffalo, really bad. It, it, you know, weather. don't say weather's bad because it's 20 degrees. And there's snow. That's not. There was snow. How many of you know it snowed in Buffalo last week during the game? If you didn't watch it, you didn't see it. It didn't impact shit. Tyler Huntley's a choice, but do not just ignore Tua. He only throws five-yard swing passes anyway, and Tyreek takes him to the house or Jalen Waddle. So, you know, it's it's Huntley would be my choice, but that's it. Um, Sudden Death wants to know, I would be interested in learning how to use the information here at Fantasy Guru. Oh, for contests like Stat Hero Prize Picks. Oh, I like that. Uh, it's okay. The dirty secret of Stat Hero and Prize Picks and Underdog and Drafters, and it, it's not really a secret, but what they're not telling you is that it's prop bets. That's what you have to do. If you've been paying attention to the XM show or any discussions on fantasyguru.com, you should not be betting prop bets. Prop bets are the sharpest market in the world right now. They absolutely just prey upon our night uh naiveness, nativity. I could I could never I want to say nativity, but I always mispronounce that word nativity. Naive naivety. That's it. Boom. Think so, at least. Fuck it. Um, that's because here's what they want to do. The key to the winning on those sites was or is to and, and prop bets in general. It's never the prime players, not at this point in the year. Early in the season, they set lines early. The, the lines are softer. They want to bring people in, and the the lines are easier. So you get Devonte Adams. Oh, over. 68 and a half yards received. Okay, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, okay, you think... But now, in week 15, it's going to be over 92 and a half. 92 and a half yards is such an insane amount. Every prime player, every every player, noticeable good player, let's just say good player, you should bet the unders on all their props. That's what you should be doing. That's the right bets to make. It's not what you want, though, is it? It's not what you hope for. It's not what you want to cheer for. Do you see how that works? And that's the problem. So don't don't think you're going to, oh, Mondre Stevenson on Thursday. I told everybody, I'm not touching that prop. And again, he got injured. Suck. 
that he didn't, but he was going to be the workhorse and do everything, but I would never pick or bet on an over on his because it's too high. 112 total yards. Fuck that. That's insane. So that the market is the unders on all those players. If you want to bet overs and you want to cheer the way we are all designed from fantasy to cheer for, it's about the role players moving up. This guy's hurt. This guy's stepping in. He's going to see more snaps. He's going to see a bigger role. The Travis Homer from last week. It didn't work, Jeff, but that that didn't matter. But th- don't think of it in terms of the results. The results will be there, by the way. Look at my results on prop bets. When I bet on these, I bet on, you know, the secondary, third receivers, tight end that nobody heard of, the pass catching running back, the role playing running back. Those are the guys I'm banking on. Those are the guys I'm betting on. And it's the same with those the prize picks. You got to catch them. You got to catch them where they have really like players that are moving up in value because of an injured player. I'm trying to think of who for this week. And um, for instance, like who uh, Tyler Huntley makes sense. Quarterbacks. That's all the same. Um, you know, if Kenneth Walker were to be out, which they've already said he's likely to play, but then Travis Homer's the guy, or maybe if DJ Dallas were to return, which I don't think he is, then that role as the pass catching back, you'd bet over the two and a half receptions. That would be the smart thing. That's the way to attack that. You got to find those types of outliers. Don't bet on the ones they want you to bet on. The stud players. There's no reason for it. On Thursday Night Football, I won my, uh, I would have won Devontae Parker. He had 24 yards on six plays. Then he got hurt concussion. So I lost that bet, but it was the right move to make. Why? Jacoby Myers was out. And they, and so was the top corner from the Arizona Cardinals. Parker had two catches on the first six plays of the game, man. That was 39 and a half. That was going over. I also bet Hunter Henry over two and a half receptions. We know all the deficiencies for the Arizona Cardinals in defending the, the tight ends, but they have two tight ends. So what was the right move? Ooh, well, anytime touchdown would have been a good move. For Hunter Henry, I toyed with that, but I wanted over two and a half receptions because the, it didn't take much. Three receptions? It was easy. And he didn't even do shit, but he got his third reception. So we won that bet. You see, those kind of role players are what it's all about. Okay? So, um, yeah, that that's how you attack those type of games, those types of um situations other uh g bro 84 says sgp and what you look for specifically making those bets Ooh, i like to like when you went to bet the plus seven and a half for a team as opposed to minus six and a half on the other oh very good yeah this is uh this is fun i like this because this is something that i've noticed a lot of people can take and do even on their own it's sad you don't need me anymore although I think you will. It's always good to have me at your disposal to call in or ask me the question, but as a direct skill I could teach. So here's the secret behind the single game parlay. Um, When you identify a game, it's harder to do on Sundays because you have all the games, right? It's, there's a lot of like, I've been doing these for the primetime games. That's kind of forcing me into it. It's really why I've lost a couple 
lately. I'm not making excuses. I would not. I stopped doing props because I will. Right. So I'm a man. I could handle the losses, but you know, degree of difficulty when they force you or you're forced to bet this game as opposed to the game you like more. Well, obviously it's a little better. Here's the, here's the whole scheme behind it. Number one, my projections over fantasyguru.com are vital. The game scripts, I project everything by game script and then it filters in. We filter them into, into the player pool because that's how people like to look at it. But really, it's about the game. I have my box scores made out for the whole rest of the year, for the whole season, and we adjust it. Tyler Beaker does a tremendous job on his game script article. Uh, I agree with a lot of what he says and analyzes in that. Um, and because it's data-driven, it's hard, you know, of course, we're going to be in lockstep. But the key to making the bet is this. What you here here's go through every game. Here's the exercise. Go through all the games for this week in the National Football League. All of them. Okay. And pick only sides and totals that you like the best. Right now, I'm sitting here, San Francisco, Seattle, Sun Thursday night football is minus three for the 49ers. 43 and a half over under. Right? Make a decision. Which one do you like the best? Pick out all the winners. Pick every game, just that. I like the 49ers minus three. I like the under 43. Okay. Then you go Colts, Vikings, Thursday, or uh, Saturday. All right. Plus four, or minus four and a half Vikings uh, versus 48 and a half. I like the, uh, the Vikings. I like the under. Okay. There we go. Then you go Ravens, Browns. See what I'm doing? There's 16 games. All right. 16 games in that. There's 64 possible outcomes in those two directions. Pick each game, the total net. Then you get down to 32. All right? Then you have a side and a total every game. Then do a draft. What do you like? Which lines do you like the most? Pick the top five, let's say. You can do this. I like the idea of whittling it down. Whittling it down, whittling it down, because that challenges you to pit the games against each other, which one you actually like more. But if, for argument's sake, do your top five of those 32. Best bets. What bet would you like the most? What is, and ultimately, what we're looking for is what is your number one absolute, like, oh my God, dude, are you fucking kidding me? The fucking Lions are going to roll the Jets, or the Jets are going to roll the Lions. One point, fucking no problem. I love that game. I Absolutely, they're going to beat them. Oh, fucking Eagles crushed the Bears in Soldier Field. Minus nine, I'd go minus 14 on that. Whatever it is. Or you, you're like Panthers. Panthers and Steelers, fuck, I think that's going to go over. It's only 37. That's a low total. I think one team could score 30 themselves. I'm going to go over Whatever your favorite absolute no-brainer bet is, that's the one you attack. That's the game you attack. All right? So, you know what? Let me build G-Pro. Let me build my single-game parlay for Thursday Night Football doing this exercise. Okay, I'll do 49ers in Seattle. Let's go to that side of things. Now, what is absolute? Minus three, Seattle. Who do I think is going to win? How does this line up? Well, it's easy. I, I can go to my projections, but I won't because you guys don't all have the game-by-game stuff at your disposal unless you're members. 
49ers are going to win this game. Seattle's regressing massively. We all know that. We've seen it. They got beat up pretty good by the Carolina Panthers just a few days ago. They're dealing with injuries. Kenneth Walker may be back, but I think he's limited. We know Geno Smith's ability. He will always create a terrible turnover and make a terrible play. As great as Geno has been, and I'm not shitting on him, and I was wrong on him, but he is what he is, and we know what that is. Okay? The 49ers defense is no joke. All right. You can run on the 49ers better than you could throw on them, even though people think it's the opposite. But you're not going to, they don't have a running back to do so. It's going to be at Geno. The ball's going to be turned over. The 49ers are going to win this game. It, there is concern. Brock Purdy is banged up, obviously, but I'm more concerned on how he deals with the noise element. It's easy when you're at home, everybody's cheering. Your parents are right there. Mommy, what do I do? But now you're against the 12th man in Seattle. That's that's an intimidating thing. So what happens? They're going to rely on Chris McCaffrey. A lot of short, easy stuff, just as they did a few weeks ago. And I think that that is the way to go. And that, I think that's going to be a very good situation for the 49ers offense. Keep things simple. Keep things easy. They don't have Debo which will make them be more straightforward. It's going to be Ayuk. It's going to be McCaffrey, Ayuk, and Kittle. Kittle's going to murder in this game, by the way. He's going to go the fuck off. I'm telling you, motherfuckers. So, anyway, (laughs) I don't know why I called you motherfuckers. Why did I call you motherfuckers? You guys aren't motherfuckers. How dare me? I'm so sorry for that. But I love the 49ers in this game. Okay. So, what does that mean? So, I'm going to take... The 49ers. I, I, that is the side I like. Now you look at the over under. What the, so the whole point of doing the single game parlay, let me, let me back up for a second. The whole point is to get better odds on the bet you want to make. So if I were to take the 49ers minus three right now, I'm getting a minus 118. Okay. So, so that's fine. You know, you get, let's call it minus 120 just to be even. Uh, so you get you know, eight tenths of a unit back for every unit that you bet, so on and so forth. Okay. Well, um, all right. Not even money. You pay a little bit big, no problem. But it'd be nice to get extra money, right? And I'm, I'm pretty secure in that bet. I really like that bet. So let me bring one other bet into it. Now, we all know what a parlay is. We all know that if we, keep adding things into a parlay. Oh my God, we could get 5,000 to one money. We could, but those are fucking so hard and so impossible. The idea behind a single game parlay is to actually maximize your bet. The one thing you're absolutely bona fide sure of. All right. And for me, it's, it's that 49ers thing. So as I look at this 49ers minus three, what I'm able to do now, I could take that at minus 120, or I could combine it with the total. And if I do that, I can get plus 130. So I'd be willing to bet the 49ers at minus three. I would not do three and a half. I hate that number. But three, as it stands right before my eyes, both DraftKings and FanDuel Sportsbook have minus three. You guys would be listening. It's fucking five and a half. Well, I didn't know. Geno Smith would be arrested for arson because, ah, fuck, man, between now and then. Anyway, 
what I'm able to do here is I'm able to say, all right, what 43 and a half is a tight number. I think both offenses could score a little bit in this game. But I think the 49ers defense is going to shut Geno down, probably turn it over a little bit. Maybe Brock Purdy, you know, all the problems, no Debo Samuel, some explosiveness lost, Kenneth Walker limited. So, you know, that's it's a tight number. That's why Vegas is good at it. Well, what am I more sure of? I can move that total down into the 30s. Am I sure it's going to go over that? Or do I move it all the way up? And I'm you think, all right, they'll never get to 50 or 49 or something like that. Right. And for me in this game, I I actually have a total on this of 44. So it's one little tick above where we're at. Now I always have to build in the fucking another point to point and a half because of debacles with extra points and two point conversions and teams that go for it that should, and teams that don't go for it that shouldn't, and all this bullshit. So I give a, I have a credit that I use about a point and a half on that. So 45 and a half, or I could go down to 42 and a half and go over. Then you just play with what gives you the best return. So the way I do this is I'm like, all right, they're, they're not going to go over 50 points. 27 to 23. That's kind of the max. If, if this is a tighter game, and real back and forth, and Seattle and Gino does a good job, and, and all that. And Purdy, 27 23 is like, ugh, that's a lot of points. I don't expect that. I'm expecting that 24 to 14, 24 to 13 type of game. Okay. So I like going the under, I like jacking this point total up all the way to 50 and a half. I don't think they're going to go over 51 points, 51 or more. They're just not, not with the back of quarterback and no Debo and Walker banged up and a great defense on San Francisco. So it's just, there's too much against it. So basic. And then, so what, what gives me great odds here? Well, look under 50 and a half and the 49ers minus one half. That gives me a plus 125 bet right now on DraftKings. So do you see what I did? I took a minus three spread, and I have at minus 120 return. I have moved that, given myself two and a half points better odds. So I they have to win the game, essentially. Can't win by a quarter of a point. So it's essentially money line. 49ers. And I've moved the total a whole touchdown to 50 and a half, a whole touchdown of value. I built all that equity into it going on the under. So I've got, so I took, I got better odds on the bet that I wanted to make that I isolated as my best bet. And I went so inflated that number that who the fuck wouldn't take that, right? As long as it's a really easily, you know, acquired stat like the under fifty and a half, and I'm getting a plus one twenty five return on that as opposed to minus one twenty. That's the whole reason behind it. You get better odds on the bet you want to make, and just make that bet 
get slightly better on that just so you don't lose by a hair and then get the fucking a number that's so out of control but you add it to the bet to make yourself in a plus situation so that's why i do it that's the thought press behind it i wish i could show you the um the projections just go to fancy guru and combine the teams and you should be good uh with that are we benching got uh other uh, questions are we benching gabe so my my bet minus one half 49ers minus a half under 50 and a half plus 125 dk sportsbook right now i think it's only plus 115 fucking fando fando's fucking us on these odds by the way dk sportsbook's the way to go are we benching gabe davis for players like elijah moore nico collins dotson or is damian harris higher than white oh boy this is too much uh uh, dude, the problem with doing start sits on the podcast, everything's going to change. I can't, I can't do that. But he does ask, um, well, if Damian Harris higher than Rashad White, if Ramondre's out, the answer is yes. If Harris plays, Ramondre doesn't, then he is higher than White. Yes. Is Home Alone 2 better than Home Alone 1? No. Eggnog, more like no nog. I like eggnog. I don't drink it like during the summer, but I'm good with it here. Um, but, but, but somebody asked Shadal. Wow, this is weird. K date. KDJS, should all leagues do away with head-to-head systems? Year 29, my home league, never heard so much crying about the randomness of matchups. There's more crying now than there has been in any sport of all time. People are bitches. The softest society we've ever had. But yeah, I I think I I outlined it. I kind of answered that question earlier in the podcast. Historical millionaire DFS construction. Fuck that. No more. Talking more about the waiver wire philosophy for the playoff run and switch more to a game-by-game mindset. Yes. Number one, who's available to all teams? Take number one thing you could do. Your matchup starts on Tuesday or Wednesday during the playoffs with your with against your matchup. Analyze, always look. Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Look at your opponent's matchup. Who do I got? Who do they have? Who Who's the one that's going to hurt me the most? Whatever. What do they need? What are they going to be looking for? Oh, they just lost Kyler Murray. Oh, okay. Whatever that go, identify that, and your matchup begins with that waiver pickup. Block them from anybody humanly possible that can help their team. Not the best overall player on waivers, right? If Tyler Huntley is on waivers and you, or I'm sorry, your opponent has fucking Mahomes or Hurts or Allen, there's no you don't have to block that. You don't give a, actually I want fucking Huntley. I want them to be tempted by that. But if there's a Damian Harris out there for argument, let's just say Stevenson was out and their running backs stink, and maybe they had Stevenson go all the fucking way. Block them. Block anything that your opponent. Don't worry about what the other people in your league. Don't worry about what anybody else does. Worry about that opponent. Block them. Also, prove your team however possible to. So if you had nobody at quarterback, you need Huntley, then you go get Huntley for yourself because of you. But you got to block them too. Start right there. Also, if it's close and start them, sit them. This is where head-to-head people that are skilled head-to-head players are, are better because if you have a real close dilemma, a 50-50 ball, if you will, and let's say... I, uh, Alan Lazard. I have a ton of Alan Lazard. Um, ton of Alan Lazard this year. The um, I would, and, and let's say my opponent had um, 
Aaron Jones. That's better. Better than hit Aaron Jones. And it's between, let's say, I don't know, Lazard and Darius Slate. Eh, you know, there's arguments can be made on any side. I'm just using a general. You guys use your own. When you're against one opponent, and that's all that matters, you just have to survive. All right, who's going to hurt you on that team? Aaron Jones could fuck you. Monday Night Football, come in. Fine. So let's say Alan Lazard is projected for 10.2 points. And there is Slayton 9.4 points. See how projections are dumb as shit? So you would say, oh, Lazard's a better option. Okay. Hey, who like to close championships, I would say, fuck no. Every single thing, if Alan Lazard has a thousand points, that's a thousand points that Aaron Jones isn't getting. I have a defensive player on my team. Every I everything Lazard does helps me anyway, whether it's in my lineup or not. I can be diverse and have another player help me out. In Slayton, I'll take Slayton against that commander secondary in a pass heavy script. I'll take that opportunity because if Lazard does go off, will it suck that it wasn't in my lap? Yes. Now, notice, I'm using these kind of players. I'm not saying uh, fucking bench Austin Eckler, you know, but bench Austin Eckler this week because your opponent has Keenan Allen. You're not doing that with extremely good players. But when it comes down to that, and then you hope, oh, great, Lazard goes off. I mean, Aaron Jones isn't. Super. Every catch, every receiving yard, every touchdown helps you. Keeps it out of Aaron Jones. That's the head-to-head philosophy, my dear friends. Uh, all right, folks. Man, I, I can't believe how fast this show has been moving. Um, real quick, I gave you my single-game parlay already. Survivor teams of the week. I will say the Chiefs, Eagles, and if they're already gone, like they most likely are, fuck it. Give me the Packers. They've had a long time to prepare for the Baker Mayfield and the super cold and the LA Rams. Packers are going to win going away in that matchup. No doubt about it. The bet I like the most this week. Um, it's not a t- bunch of ones that I like. Um Damn, this is uh, a little bit harder than I would have thought. I'm going to say I'll go under on the Steelers-Panthers game. It's so fucking low already. It's 37 and a half as we sit here. I can be minus 130 and be minus 130 right now and go 38 and a half points. I'm going to go under... 38 and a half Pittsburgh Carolina. Notice what I did there. Maybe that's a SGP for Sunday. We shall find out upset of the week. I think there's going to be some upsets this week. I really do. Um, I'll say that here's the upset. I'll, I'll pull a big, bigger one. Uh, oh, you know what? No, fuck that bet. No, I like this other, but I'm going to use both in the same game. I'm sorry. I got to do this. I do like that bet, although that's more risky than this one. Bengals Buccaneers over 43 and a half right now. 
absolutely all in. Absolutely all in on that one. Um, that's the better bet of the week. So I think this game has real shootout ability. And that's a way too low total. Brady at home is thrown for 307 yards per game. He's so much better than he is on the road. And I think he'll do just fine. You know, 43 is not a big total. Cincinnati will put up 27 plus on that already. It's not going to take that much. 27-20 type of game. 27-17 type of game. Nice and easy. Gets over that number for us. In that same regard, my upset of the week is going to be the Bucks. I think this game's competitive. I think the Bucks likely a last second bullshit call. It goes Brady's way, but Bucks upset the Bengals this week. So there you go. All right, folks. Uh, man, I got a lot of questions I didn't get able to get, uh, weren't able to go to playoff season. Hit me up at Jeff underscore man's, the Jeff man's everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram. Snapchat and on TikTok. That's it for episode 141. We will see you in the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. A holiday show next week for us. Stay safe this holiday season. If you don't download next week's episode, I will have a regular episode as normal. Um, and we'll talk about week 16 and closing out championship weeks and all of that as well. We'll have a lot of fun doing it. Head over to fantasyguru.com. The Christmas Manscation is live. Rest of season. Don't wait till next year to join the elite mafia, get the bets, get the DFS plays, have access to me and our whole team here at fantasyguru.com. This entire postseason, NBA, NHL season long, baseball season's around the corner. Come spend it with the mafia. We, You may disagree with some or every damn thing you heard on today's show, and it's perfectly all right, ladies and gentlemen. You know why? You know why. It's because it's just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time. Do so!